Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we are giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king, King Jesus, that is. Hallelujah. And what do we mean by turning your worlds upside down? Well, the fallen uh, aspect of the world. When man sinned, there was a death that came in. Sin and death came in. And so there's been like a perversion. And really things are upside down. And, but the word of the Lord and the word of righteousness and the word of life, come on, it will take wrongs and make them right. We are righting wrongs. And so that's what we're doing. And uh, we believe that if you tune in to the podcast, whenever you tune in to the podcast, that the Lord will have something specific for you. And it's going to be along those lines. It'll be a motivation. Okay. It'll get you moving. It'll be a strategy. There'll be some wisdom embedded into it that will uh, give you the knowledge that you need to be able to take the next steps. And just generally, the Lord is encouraging you and equipping you so that you can go out there and flip things right. There's a lot of perversions. People are living in bondages and they're trapped and they need to come out. And uh, the Lord is equipping you to go out there, to get on the streets, to go to your neighbor, to go wherever he leads you and to be able to speak a word into that situation that will illuminate what is going on. And then the perversions and the twistings and the deceptions and the lies can be rooted out. Hallelujah. Literally, you'll be involved in, some, in turning somebody's world right side up. Hallelujah. So it's kind of a play on words, helping you turn your cities upside down. Well, they're already upside down. It's already twisted. So hallelujah. Get out there, friends. And uh, the Lord has got some tremendous things ahead of us. Praise the Lord. All right, let's get into this today. And um, so this is kind of like really current. And uh, I've been digging into a few thoughts. Uh, we're ministering on this right now in our Sunday services here at uh, the church, Grace City Church, we pastor in Harrison, Arkansas. And uh, so you can tune in to that. But I, uh, the Lord gave me two scriptures and we've kind of been going in one direction and probably get, get back on track here in a couple of weeks with that. But, but, but it was on a Saturday night and the Lord said, I want you to minister on these two verses. And so I said, well, what are those verses? And the first one was Psalm 37, verse four. We're gonna look at that. And the second one was Romans four, verse 17. And so we are literally right in the middle right now. We're looking at these two thoughts. And Psalm 37, four, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And that's what I titled uh, my message last Sunday was delight yourself in the Lord. Now, very interesting, that word delight, the, the, the literal, literal definition, you know, depending on what kind of study tool that, that you use, but um, it's the Hebrew word anag, and it means delicate, it means tender, but it comes from the root word, which means moldable, shapeable, pliable. So you can kind of get the idea that this word to delight, it means to um, 
when you're before the Lord or really before anything, I, I mean, this, this is what this process uh, uh, or this concept looks like that if you're delighting in something, what you've done is you've put yourself in a position, a very delicate and a tender position that has now caused you to be vulnerable to the point that you can be molded, shaped, you, you, you're, you're pliable. And this is what the Lord's telling us is to allow him access to our hearts where he's able to work something in us. He's, he's able to shape something in us. And the rest of that verse tells us what he is desiring, what he would, uh, what he's longing to do. He's wanting to give us desire. He's wanting to shape the desire for a thing. He's wanting to, uh, mold and take our delicate and tender spirits. And he's wanting to cause, uh, us to want something. He, if, if you look at it in, in that perspective, uh, then God is giving us desires. Now, the other way to look at it is you have a desire and then God will give it to you. Um, I probably tend to lean a little bit in a different direction. I'm not saying that that's bad because, you know, I think, uh, the Lord's working with us, but I tend to want to find out where is the root, like what is the originating concept here? And I believe, according to the scriptures, that God is the originator. And so he's the one that is working in us desire. Now, there's a reason for that. It's because he knows ahead. David, remember David, Psalm 139, it starts like really uh, the big portion of that chapter. Um, But really in verse 16, we find out that David had a revelation that God knew all of his days ahead of time before David even lived one of them. And so God has already been into your future. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the what? And the end. And what God does is he goes all the way to the end of a thing and he establishes that ending. And then he comes back to where you are or to the start place and he says, follow me. And if we'll follow him, He's going to navigate us all the way down to the finished end of a thing. So this is why I believe uh, scripturally, and there's a lot of other scriptures that we could use to support this, but I believe that God wants to work in you desires. So here's the, um, pro, the pro tip is to posture yourself in such a way where you're not resisting that and to get acquainted with that process so that you can take advantage of it. Like you want to be fully aware. That's the intent. God fully intends that you would be completely aware of the desires that he's putting in there. He wants you to uh, recognize. He wants you to take ownership of. He wants you to receive by faith. He doesn't want you to resist it. He wants you to receive the desires that he's trying to work in you. Think of it like the uh, clay in the potter's hands, right? Here's this lump of clay, but the master potter, the the master uh, artisan, he's able to take that clay and work with his hands something that is special, something that is phenomenal, monumental. Uh, He can make a masterpiece out of this piece of clay. And what is he doing? He's molding, he's shaping, and that clay is pliable. And so he's able to form and fashion 
inside of it. What? Desire. The desire for whatever, anything and whatever. It's up to the Father. We just say, yes, Lord. And here's the thing is, is once we get uh, uh, tuned in, once we get dialed in to this concept here, once, once we get uh, uh, working together with this revelation, we won't resist the desires God's putting in us. In fact, we'll become passionate about what he's passionate for. If God is working something in you, he's passionate about you having that thing or, or whatever, you know, I don't want to limit this to just a, uh, you know, like a, you know, like a, a thing, you know, uh, it could be experiences. It could be opportunities. It could be, uh, going here, going there. It could be relationships. It, it, it could be a literal thing, a manifestation of a thing, a car, a home, clothes, food, whatever, anything or whatever. It, we're not limiting God, but what he does is he begins to work these things in you. He begins to mold these things in you. You really, biblically speaking, you don't come up with your own thing. And that's not a bad thing. You know, a lot of people, when I say that, they kind of go, wait, what? Well, if, if, if that bothers you, then you have a trust issue. If you trust Heavenly Father, then you're not concerned about the desire that he's working in you. Um, but if you're opposing Father, then you may set your heart on something that is not in the plan. This is what I tell the Lord. We, we want everything that's in the books. Whatever you've written down for me, that's what I want. I want everything, everything that your provision has already laid out for me. Whatever you have seen at the end, I want that and everything in between uh, because I trust you. You're my heavenly father. You know things I don't know. Yo, can imagine this. He has a perspective. Uh, he is seated in such a place that he's able to see things you and I aren't able to see. He's able to see things to come you and I don't know anything about. There, there may be things in the plan that haven't even been invented yet. Hallelujah. But he already knows. He already sees. And so we say, Father, work in me, mold in me, shape in me. In, 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 in fact, you may be the next inventor of things that will provide joy, uh, pleasure. They will answer problems. They will be solutions. God may work in you through supernatural revelation knowledge maybe in a dream in the nighttime, he may shape something on the inside of you and you wake up the next morning and you have this desire to go out and put this uh, pen to paper, so to speak, and you begin to write out a thing that is just pressing on the inside of you. And there, that there may be inventions, there may be speeches, there may be ministry, there may be opportunities. You may be in the right place at the right time to say a thing. You, you understand how, how, how the Lord really is in charge of this. Uh, now, you can resist it. You can put it off. You can say, no, I would rather have this than this. You know, if something is welling up in your heart and uh, the Lord's saying, hey, I want you to have a blue car, but you're saying, God, I don't like blue. I want a pink car. Or, you know, I want a black car. No, I reject that. Well, God is, is not, um, uh, let me say it like this. He is not, um, 
going to pay for a thing that he hasn't authorized. God is not obligated to fulfill every single one of your fleshly cravings. But if he has formed in you and fashioned in you a godly desire, then he puts himself, he willingly obligates himself to be a part of the manifestation and the fulfillment of it. Hallelujah. So here's, here's what I say. Put away your own selfish desires and fleshly lusts. Discipline yourself to separate yourself from them, from those things. Where, where are you getting those desires anyways? Where, uh, you know, where, where, what is the influence behind the thing that you just ha must have, have to have in a natural fleshly sense? I would question, I would be concerned uh, that I've given too much space for demonic wisdom to influence me in a fleshly direction. On the other hand, when something is by the Spirit, you know that the Heavenly Father is involved. You know life is involved. You know Holy Spirit is involved. You know Jesus is involved because he's the authorizer of our faith. And something by the Spirit is going to be pure, holy, and guess what? It's going to come out of the book. It is literally going to be tailor-made for you because it came out of your book. Uh, what is that passage in Psalm where he says he's perfecting everything that concerns you? You want to connect your passions. You want to align your excitement, the joy. Uh, you want to get your expectation in line with those things that God is saying, I'm going to reveal this to you because it concerns you and everything that concerns you, I'm going to bring into a place of perfection or shalom where there's nothing missing, nothing lacking. You will be totally and completely satisfied, fulfilled. You will go through life just on, on, on top. You will be the head and not the tail. Come on. You'll be the first and not the last. Why? Because he's drawing out of the book of your life. Remember, friend, he's already gone to the ending. You wouldn't be in the earth uh, if God did not already go to your destination, okay, uh, at least in this age, and go to the end of this age, the, your time on the earth. Go to that end and have the very best plan and then come back to the beginning and say, hey, I've got something for you. You wouldn't even be in the earth if that wasn't already laid out. Listen, you are not an accident. You are not an oversight. You didn't accidentally slip into the earth unbeknownst to the heavenly father. You would not be alive if it wasn't for the father. You came out from the father and back to the father. Hopefully, if you don't reject him, you will return. Hallelujah. You'll be face to face with him. That's the one of the revelations in the New Testament is that we are a trophy of his grace that will be placed before his face for all eternity. Now, you got to get born again. If you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're not going to be in that place, friend. And um, you want to be in, in that place. This age, this dispensation we're in is the one of grace. And you get saved, come on, and you will be in that place before the Father. So... Uh, that's what we want to look at today because we want uh, 
to, uh, let's see, how do I say it? We want to take advantage of how this works and uh, we can easily do that because it's being revealed to us right here. And it, once we know how it works, then we can work it. Hallelujah. It's like flying. Once they figured out some of the things about gravity, the laws of lift, aerodynamics, uh, thrust, different things like that. Guess what? Now we're able to take advantage of it. And this is how you and I are able to fly around the world. I mean, we can go uh, from here to there in a matter of hours uh, rather than weeks. You know, if we were still going around on horseback. Praise the Lord for horses. But uh, I'm riding completely different horses today. Hallelujah. I got 425 under my hood this morning. Thank you, Jesus. But what I'm saying is once we figured out how, how the laws work, then we can utilize them and take advantage of them. And flight, for example, is a tremendous blessing. But there was some due, due diligence put into the study of how these laws work, the study of how these principles work, the study of how this concept works. And once we figure that out, hallelujah, the Holy Ghost is helping us, then we utilize it. All right, so delight yourself in the Lord. Put yourself in a posture to where he can form desires in you. Listen, there's no vacuums. You're going to desire something, but you're either going to be passionate about what Father's passionate about. And we found out in Jeremiah 29, 11, he knows the thoughts that he has towards you. Listen, he, he's, already thought, he's already thought you out. He's already been to your end. And he said, I have thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future. He's drawing from the book. Uh, the book of your life and, uh, and, and, and at different stages uh, all along the way, he's working and he's molding and he's going to say, I'm, I, um, if we could say it like this, he's saying, I want you to desire this. This is part of your perfection. Desire this. Desire, receive this by faith. He's working this thing. You may wake up one day and by the spirit, you have a desire, and I'm, I'm just making stuff up. I don't want to sound materialistic, all right? But just for simplicity's sake, I'm probably going to use material things. Um, but you may wake up one day, and by the Spirit, there's a desire for a certain vehicle. Now, listen, don't overlook those things. Now, in the beginning, uh, if you're like like me, you're probably better and faster and quicker, and you you just have more um, capacity for learning faster than I ever had. But if you're like me, in, in the beginning, I had to work through some things and the Lord was stripping away from me. I'm still in a process, but he was removing from me desires of the flesh. Okay, see, that that's one source, the the world. Remember what he said in First First John? He said the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And he warned us, don't love the things of the world because those things are fading away. Well, the spirit of the world, okay? James 3 talks about the wisdom that is native. It's prevalent to the spirit of the world. And it's low, it's earth, uh, earthly, it's sensual, sense-based, sense sense-based. The things, uh, your spirit, man, um, desires other things, but your the natural part of you, it, it, it doesn't understand spiritual things. It understands sensual, sense, fleshy things. Not necessarily sexual. It can't include that, but it's sense-led things. And the Bible says, be watchful. Don't draw so much from that that you begin to just lust after the things of the world. Now, 
by the spirit though, because you're in the world, the Lord will give a pure desire for a thing because that thing, let's say that vehicle is associated with you finishing your race. All right. So in the beginning, this is what I was saying in the beginning, the Lord was having me, um, begin to recognize I'm not, I'm not perfect at it. Come on. I'm getting better at it, but recognize, look, that's just a fleshy desire. That's a lust of the flesh. You can have a pure Holy ghost desire for a vehicle. And also if you're not watchful, you can have a desire for a vehicle that's rooted in the lust of the flesh. There are things like keeping up with the Joneses, right? There are, uh, things that you can acquire that they're only purpose, your only purpose behind the acquisition of it was to brag or to show off or to show out or to make somebody else feel less than, you know, like a status symbol, right? There are status symbol things. And some people seems like they will just do whatever they can to get the symbol that the thing represents, but the motive behind it is pride, it's ambitious, uh, it's full of strife or contention. Um, so, you know, you can have these working and if you're not watchful, you'll, you'll, you'll just go after the things that gratify or satisfy the desires of the flesh at the expense of receiving a thing that satisfies the calling of the Lord on your life. So in the beginning, I had to work through, through, through that. I had a list of things that I was quote, believing God for. And one time the Lord dealt with me on that. And he said, look, a lot of this stuff is just the lust of the flesh. Okay. Um, and so I was like, well, well, uh, all, all right. And that's when the Lord was saying, Hey, look, I'm not obligated to fulfill every lust of the flesh. And so if you'll back away from those things and uh, put those things down, um, you know, be willing to say, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to practice developing the lust of the flesh. And so it may feel like, or seem like temporarily you are saying, I would rather not have it than that be a manifestation of the lust of my flesh. All right. I'm going to sacrifice the desires of my flesh so that my spirit man becomes more in tune with the things of the spirit of the Lord. My spirit man becomes more in tune with what God is doing. Now, you may put down the lust, say. Lust isn't always sexual, okay? It's a strong craving. Uh, you may put down the lust for a vehicle over here, but then over by the Spirit, you may wake up one morning, and by the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord says, receive this car. He'll begin to deal with you about a car. You'll, you'll begin to think by the Spirit. You'll have unction by the Spirit. It's like this car will be on your heart. This car will just be uh, 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 just something that you're meditating on. It'll come up by the Spirit, and you'll evaluate, and you're like, wait a second. This has nothing to do with the flesh. This has nothing to do with the lust of the flesh. This has nothing to do with the prides of life. I'm not trying to keep up with anybody. I'm not trying to show out for anybody. What is this, Lord? Well, by the Spirit, he's bringing this desire up. By the Spirit, he's trying to work. He's trying to mold. He's trying to get you to receive by faith. 
something that is connected and associated with the book of your life. And literally, you need uh, vehicles. I, I mean, in the day uh, and in the time in which we live, you know, Jesus uh, knew by the Spirit that there was a particular donkey uh, that was associated with what he was going to be doing. And he sent the uh, disciples out, and, and what he saw in the Spirit, they went and literally they uh, were now interacting with the manifestation of the thing that Jesus saw by the Spirit ahead of time. And it had to do with this donkey that he was going to ride on. Okay, so in a similar way, this is what I'm talking about. If you will discipline the flesh, don't be led just by random, uh, crazy, lustful, uh, just uh, cravings of the flesh. If you'll be willing to put that aside, discipline yourself there, you'll tune into the spirit. And here's what's interesting. When you get by the spirit a desire guess who's going to back it? That's right. The heavenly father. He's the one that put it there. He's the one who's obligating himself now to help you, to work with you, to partner with you, to bring it into manifestation. In fact, literally the desire that is prompted by heavenly father has in itself the authorization for you to take possession of it. You want to be really keen to those things. Hallelujah. Thank you. Holy ghost right now. I just pray right now, father, that you are helping us right now because we really need to expedite this process. We really need to uh, 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 dive into how this works in the spirit because there's a lot of things uh, that we need. There are things associated with finishing the race and wrapping up the plan, things that we need, Father, and we need to expedite this process. Father, we need to get good at this. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're helping us right now, even as we talk this morning on these things. So, um, delight, moldable, shapeable, pliable. The Lord wants to give you desire and you can trust it. You can trust it. One, once you begin to flow and move in this and differentiate and separate a lust of the flesh versus a desire from heavenly father, uh, you'll begin to trust it and you'll, you'll, you'll begin to look for it, and you'll begin to go to those places in, with him in the spirit. You'll go back to that place where Father begins to reveal these things because it's pure, it's holy. Uh, but over here in the flesh, it can get dirty. It can get selfish. It can get prideful. Uh, it can become too sensual. Uh, your motives could be questioned for why you have things or don't have things. Now, people on the outside, you know, um, somebody gave me a car, oh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, they called me up and said, hey, you want this car? And I said, yeah, hallelujah. If you're giving it to me, I'll receive it. Thank you, Father. Oh, it's been a blessing too. I just, I'm so thankful for it. Um, but you, some sometimes people on, on the outside, they can look at these things and they can get jealous or, you know, be... Because in the flesh, if you want a thing, in the flesh, you'll have to toil for it. But if you're in the spirit and there's a desire that, that Father, through Holy Spirit, reveals to you, you can receive it by faith and you can have the thing added to you with little effort. And sometimes people out here, they get all upset. I mean, there are, and I use quotations here, there are ministries 
and uh, who have set themselves up to look over the body of Christ and to let people know that if this guy over here has a plane, that somehow he's a charlatan. Listen, this is what irritates people because the father is giving desire for certain things. Father is the one that has told so many ministries and ministers. Now, it's true. I'm not saying that all of them have, and there are probably some ministries. I mean, this is probable. There are probably some ministries that have planes that they, it was a desire of the flesh. It wasn't something that Father revealed to them. But yeah, I mean, that's probable, uh, okay? Um, you know, it's probable that there's ministries that have vehicles that, that the Lord didn't want them to have. Okay, fine. I mean, you're going to find that all over the place. Doesn't mean they're a charlatan because, you know, they've, they've, they, they got something in the arm of the flesh. Uh, how many of us, come on, are still learning these things? Thankfully, you know, I mean, some of my mistakes have not been so, so costly, but, um, you know, father has worked desires. And if father has given a desire, father has already bankrolled it. He's already prepared, come on, to do what is necessary to acquire and to bring into manifestation and then also to maintain the thing. You know, people are looking at other people, maybe other ministries, other ministers, and they're looking at the things they have and judging them. And I think a lot of it is out of jealousy. A lot of it is out of biblical ignorance. Listen, remember when the woman broke the uh, perfume over Jesus's feet and one of the disciples, yep, 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 yep. You, you know who I'm talking about. Rebuked the woman and almost started to rebuke Jesus and said, look, this perfume could have been sold. It's worth a year's wage. Can you imagine like forty-five to $50,000 bottle of perfume being broken and poured over somebody's feet? Uh, that gets the religious blood boiling. But Jesus said, look, uh, I'm not rebuking this woman. She has done this. Now, listen, I believe she did it in accordance, come on, with a Holy Ghost desire that came up on the inside of her. Father was preparing Jesus, come on, for what was coming. Remember, that's what Jesus said. This woman did this because of this. There were things coming for him that this act of worship, this offering, this um, action in the natural was symbolizing something in the spirit. Father was getting Jesus ready for his death, burial, and resurrection. And he put this desire in this woman to pour out this extravagant perfume, this oil over his feet in preparation. And here is the religious folk going, oh, I just can't believe you spent that kind of money on that thing. Look how, look at this and this and this and this, and we could have done that and done this. Uh, we could have used that for all these other things. And, uh, but you know what the Bible says about that situation? Judas didn't say that because he cared for the poor. Judas said that because he was stealing from the money. He was stealing money. He was an embezzler. He was taking money from the ministry. And he figured up in his mind how much that, that, uh, that uh, perfume was worth. And he was thinking to himself, man, you know, I, I could pocket a couple thousand dollars out of that. Nobody would even know. Listen. A lot of ministries are doing this. 
they say, well, this money should be spent like, like, like this. But listen, you don't know how money should, should be spent. You don't know what you should do unless Holy Spirit reveals it to you. You don't know how to get to the end point of your calling unless you allow Holy Spirit to navigate and to lead you. And there are ministries that have certain tools. They have vehicles. They have buildings. They have lands. Sure, it's probable that some are you know, off track. But it's also probable that there are some that are right in the middle of God's plan. And it was God who said, believe me for this. It was God who said, there is a brand new donkey waiting for me. It was God who said, listen, I want you to get that piece of land. It was God who put the desire for that building. It was God who said, I want you to go over here and do this kind of ministry. It was God who told that woman to pour out that 45,000 bottle of perfume on the feet of this man. It was God who puts these desires in us and we need to get passionate about what father is passionate about and stop trying to overlay our own desires on top of everything. That's what's going to get us into trouble. Now, listen, friends, in the days that are ahead of you, uh, you need to reset yourself. Make sure that you've come away from trying to process how the kingdom works through the arm of the flesh. You're going to get messed up because he'll have you spend money that in the natural you are going to fight against because your flesh wants to use that for something else. But you have to trust him. You have to trust him. You have to trust him. And you've got to develop that spirit connection, that spirit man. That's where he uh, fellowships with you. That's how you worship him, in spirit and in truth. Not in the flesh. Not in the flesh. Not in the flesh. Hallelujah. Let me throw this in for free. Because this is a part of this. Because you are, we are, I am, you are, we're stripping ourselves of trying to do this in, in the power and the strength of the flesh. The other thing that we could add to, the, to this is we're uh, passionate about what Father's passionate about. We desire what Father desires. We know that because Father put the desire in us. So we desire what He desires. If you desire what He reveals to you by the Spirit, then you are desiring what He desires. If you become passionate about what he puts on your heart, then you are passionate about what Father's passionate about. And we're developing that relationship, that flow. We're developing that outworking. But if Father says, look, I want you to pay double for this item. Yeah, it just went quiet. We have to say, yes, Father, I desire what you desire. Listen, the kingdom isn't always about trying to shake out off of people, get them down to their bottom dollar. I'm not saying it's not prudent. I'm not saying that it's not wise. I'm not saying that it's not a, appropriate at times to be able to get the best deal. But uh, sometimes that's a poverty mentality and we miss what God's trying to do behind the scenes because we're always trying to get something for the Lord um, you know, at this particular price. But what if the Lord says pay double? I mean, let's say they're asking $100 for whatever the thing is. And then, and the Lord says, give them two, give them $200. Well, look, all I'm saying is we're developing, being led by Holy Spirit and our desires, we're receiving our desires from Father. Well, I desire to give them $200, even though they're asking $100 because that came up in my spirit. And I'm not gonna fight my spirit. I'm not going to go in the arm of the flesh. 
See, the flesh always tries to hold back for itself because it's ambitious, it's selfish, it's self-seeking. I'm, I'm not saying trying to get a, quote, good deal, trying to, quote, get the best price is a bad thing. Uh, the ultimate answer is be led. If father says, see if they'll take this, well, then you ask them, hey, will you take this? But if father says, give them double, then who are you to give them the asking price when father says, give them double? This all comes back to we're developing. I'm passionate about what father's passionate about. I desire what father desires. I long for and I anticipate what father longs for and what father anticipates. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for it. Now, uh, let's see here. How much time do we have? I may have to wrap it up here in just a minute because, uh, boy, I've got, I, I, I could go several directions this morning. But, see, Father is the originator because he upholds all things by the power of his word. And before there is a thing, there is a word. Let's look at this. So I am just uh, helping to reinforce in our hearts that Father, he's the one molding and shaping in us desire. And uh, because he originates all things. We live and move and have our being where? In him or in Christ. Specifically, Jesus, he's the head of the body. Okay. And if you want to use that metaphor of the head body, then the head is the one that, 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 that has the thought process, the wisdom, the knowledge. Uh, it's the command center. You know, your body responds to the commands that come out of the head. So, Father is the one that is originating the word. Father is the one that is originating the seed. You and I, we're the womb. We're the receptors of that word. We receive that word. We receive the seed of the word. Father reveals a desire. We receive the seed of that desire into the womb of our hearts, and we begin to uh, uh, work on it. Uh, just like a natural seed, when it goes into the ground, guess what? The soil knows exactly what to do with that seed. It begins to partner together with the, with the seed in order to bring about the manifestation of the thing. John chapter 1, verse 4, or excuse me, verse 3, it says, All things were made through him. Him who? Him the word. That's what verse 1 says. We're talking about the word. The context is the word. Okay? And without him, him who? Him the word. Nothing was made that was made. So before there is a thing, there is a word. Listen, Father will give you a desire. You, you, you don't even know about what you have need of. Remember what we found out in, um, was it Matthew 6 or Matthew 7? Uh, it says that uh, Father knows what we have need of. Yeah, that was uh, Matthew, right, right here. Matthew 6, uh, 32. And he's, he's talking about things that the Gentiles seek. Basically, what he's saying is everybody has a, uh, some level of understanding and knowledge of basic things that they need. And the things that they know about, they're going after. He's talking about clothing, food, shelter, housing. We know that. We know we need, we need those things. He's saying, look, everybody knows that they need these, these things. But he's saying, for you, though, the distinction is the Gentiles 
are going after these things. But what about you? You know you need them, but you're not a Gentile. You're not a heathen. Gentile would be somebody that does not have covenant. He's saying, I've got covenant with you because he's, he's speaking to the Jews here. He's saying, there's a covenant with you. There's a covenant with you. Now, principally, uh, we are the body of, of Christ. We're the body, we're the bride, and we're the temple. And uh, so once we got into the letters, we found out even more. But basic, beginning in the basic revelation here in Matthew, he's saying, look, with my covenant folk, though, there's a difference. Now, if these people that don't have covenant know that they need these things and they're going after them, they're, they're trying to figure out a way uh, to go get them. He said, but what about you? You need these as well, but you have covenant. What's, what's the difference here? Well, look at this. In verse 32, we found out that your heavenly Father knows you need these things. The point that I want to bring out here is Heavenly Father already knows what you need. He's already been to the end. He's already been to your finish line. And he knows what you need between the start and the finish. He knows everything you need because he's the one who said, this is my plan for Justin. This is my plan for so-and-so. This is my plan for Sally, for Susan, for Frank, for Joey. This is my plan. Okay. This is my plan for them. I know the thoughts that I think towards them. I know the future that I've written for them. Now, between the time that they enter the earth and the time they leave this earth, I know exactly what they need. Uh, in order to be found faithful. And so what Father's doing is, he said, because I know ahead of time, he said, I'm going to reveal to you. He said, I'm going to give you desire. I'm, 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 I'm going to mold in you a desire uh, for things you need to finish your race. I'm going to shape in you things that will bring completion, satisfaction, peace, shalom in your life he already knows he already knows he already knows and so what he's going to do is he's going to give you the word this is what i'm saying you may wake up and in your spirit maybe he had a dream or maybe for days now or maybe you heard it by the spirit uh there was let me say it like this there's the point where you hadn't heard anything and then suddenly you heard maybe you heard home house property maybe you heard business maybe you heard spouse i remember the day well i don't remember the the exact day of the week but i, re I remember the time the, the uh, season i remember the moment when the lord said Miranda was going to be my wife before that I hadn't heard that before that I didn't know that before that that wasn't revealed then suddenly the word came the word came what word Miranda is to be your wife that was the word guess what as soon as I heard that I heard it <laughs> as soon as I heard that guess what the desire why because he revealed he gave me the desire he revealed to me he already knew i didn't know he already knew i didn't know but he knew and because he knew he knew because he'd already been into the future where marina and i were married he had already been into the future where marina and i were doing ministry 
He had already been into the future. He already knew our children. He'd already been into our future. He already knew our, our work. He already knew our assignment. He already seen us together. He already put us together in the spirit, head, body. He already put us together. He already called us together. He had already been into the future. He had already been there. And he came back and he'd worked with me. He came back to my beginning and he began to lead me and guide me. And suddenly, it wasn't sudden to him, it was sudden to me. He said the word. And when he revealed the word, come on, somebody, the seed of that word went down in, in, uh, to my heart. Now, I could have rejected it. I could have said, uh, uh, you know, Miranda, uh, what about so-and-so? You know, I, mean, I could have argued it. I could have resisted it. I could have put it off. I could have denied it. I could have rejected it. But instead, I became passionate about what Father was passionate about. Instead, I said, that is my desire. But where did I get that desire? Father gave me that desire. And when he revealed it to me, when he put it in my heart, hallelujah, I said, that's my desire too. I didn't reject it. I took it as my own. I received it as my own because truly it was for me. It wasn't for anybody else. Um, you know, I've looked around over the years and guess what? No one else is married to Miranda. Why? Because that was tailor-made for me. He gave that to me because it concerned me. It brought me into a place of perfection. Come on, because he is revealing to me along my path, along my journey, he is revealing to me things to come. And let's get back to this. So before there's a thing, before Marin and I were married, I had the word on it. Before there's a thing, there's a word. Before there's a thing, there's a seed. Before there's a thing, there's a desire. Before there's a thing, there's a revelation. Before there's a thing, there's the word on it. He gives the word on it first. He calls those things that be not. And at the moment that he revealed to me that Miranda was going to be my wife, I was 18. I was 18 years old. In fact, I was, uh, thank, thank you, Father, he's bringing it back to my uh, memory now. But uh, I had just stepped out of my car. I was going up to, um, to a, 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 a spiritual mentors of mine. I just got out of my car. I'd stepped into the grass, and that's when it came. I just, it wasn't audible, but just on the inside, I heard the Lord say that Miranda was to be my wife. And instantly I was aware of something that I wasn't aware of before. And, uh, and so, um, but before Miranda and I were married, there was the word on it. Before Miranda and I were married, there was the seed of the word on it. Before Marin and I were married, there was the desire for it. Before Marin and I was, were married, there was the moment where that which was a mystery, okay, it, 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 it wasn't hidden from me. Bible mysteries are hidden things. They're not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. Uh, before I knew of it, it existed. God knew it. It was present with him, the knowledge of it. But it was hidden from me until the time appointed for its revealing, or we could say it like this, he revealed it for me because it was time now to bear it, to bear it, B-A-R-E. It was time to give birth to it. Before there's a thing, there's a word. Before there's a thing, there's a seed. Before there's a thing, there's a seed. And spiritually, that seed will come in word form. You'll have a desire. You know you're carrying seed. When you have a desire for something, you know. Now, I'm not talking about something in the flesh. I'm, I'm we're talking about spiritually. When you have a desire for something, 
you know, Father has given you the seed. He's given you the authorization for that seed to uh, begin to grow and to develop and to take on full manifestation, to take on full shape and form. Hallelujah. Now, let's go. I think we'll close right around here. Let's go to Ephesians, uh, excuse me, Hebrews 11. And um, let's talk about this really quick. Hebrews 11. Um, thank you, Father. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All right. Faith cometh by hearing, right? That's what the Bible says. Faith cometh by hearing. So you don't have faith for anything until you've heard. Faith is the force, the spiritual force. Um, faith is like a womb, all right? And when Father reveals a thing, when, when, when he forms and fashions and molds the desire for a thing in you, that thing um, hasn't taken on substance yet. That thing is just seed form. It's word form. But that word, come on, is intended to take upon itself flesh. That seed is intended to open up. And that which is packed into that seed, oh my goodness, what is in seeds? Absolutely amazing that that seed carries the manifestation of a thing. I, I think, I mean, maybe for for some that are listening, maybe the easiest way uh, to think about this is um, like an egg. And, uh, you know, we have we have chickens. We run a little farm and we have chickens. I mean, they're they're amazing. We've, we've had several different kinds. And I still, I look at them and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I, I mean, look how beautiful some of these chickens are and these roosters. I, I mean, they're, they're just phenomenal. The, 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 the colorings and different things. Well, th that was in an egg. And if you just to look at that brown egg uh, or white egg, you know, we, now we have a mixture of um, chickens that lay different color brown eggs and white eggs too. But, um, you know, if you look at that egg, uh, you know, you're like, wow, you mean that, that, that hen or that rooster, that beautiful rooster, that majestic rooster was in that egg, that white egg, that brown egg. And with that clear, uh, uh, you know, um, well, the yolk is yellow. I'm trying to think of what the, I did that other stuff just slipped my mind, but that, but the clear stuff, <laughs> the white of the egg. And you would look at that and you're like, you mean that is in that? Yeah, that is in that. And in the seed of the word, sometimes in the desire that God gives you, sometimes you don't see the full unpacking. And this is why it's so important. You don't reject what God is doing in you. You don't turn away from the passion that he's trying to mold in you because you don't full, you may not fully realize or understand how majestic that thing is going to be when it comes out of seed form and takes on full stature. Now, how do you apply the substance to it? By faith. You don't reject the desire. You receive it. You take it. it you, you say, Father, uh, you've been speaking to me about a new home. 
You've been speaking to me about a new place to live. You've been speaking to me about going over here and doing this kind of missionary work, or, or you've been speaking to me about this, uh, about this, uh, person. Maybe it's a spouse. If you're single, uh, if you're married, come on, somebody, he's probably not talking to you about some other woman or some other man. Okay. Uh, but if, but if you're single, he's, he wants to reveal, listen, 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 hallelujah. Let me throw this in here just for free. I would be really watchful about the whole dating scene in the arm of the flesh. Listen, you're, 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 you're going to put yourself into unnecessary temptations and you're also potentially going to put yourself for the devil to take advantage of you. Listen, use your faith. Trust, trust God. Use your faith. Listen, uh, when Isaac received Rebecca, he didn't go around touching every other girl in the known universe. He, in fact, when he received Rebecca, he didn't have to uh, kiss her. He didn't have to touch her. He didn't have to smell her. Come on. He didn't have to taste her. Come on. He, he received her by faith. Listen, if you're single out there, get your faith working. I mean, don't do this in the arm of the flesh. Your flesh will, 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 will do things, will want to do things that you'll regret later. Do it by the Spirit. Do it by the Spirit. Listen, I've received so many things by the Spirit. I didn't have to see it first. I didn't have to touch it first. I didn't have to make out with it first. We can receive by faith. Hallelujah. When the Lord told me that uh, uh, Marina was to be my wife, uh, I hadn't even kissed her. I didn't have to kiss her to see if God was right. Come on, somebody. Listen, when he puts a desire in your heart, be quick to say, yes, I take it. I'm passionate about what Father's passionate about. I desire what Father desires. I receive what Father is trying to give to me. And you'll, 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 you'll get better, you'll get faster, you'll get more confident in it, but it'll always come in seed form. He'll give you an egg and you won't have any idea how majestic the rooster is gonna look like you're just going to have to receive the egg. He says, "Look, take take this egg. This is this is my word on the on the subject, and I want you to work with this egg. I want you to, um, you, know, uh, you know, nurture this thing. I want you to stay with this thing. I want you to work with this 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 thing. And listen, if you'll do that, it's going to hatch out of that egg, and it's going to begin to grow. And even that 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 rooster, when it first came out of the, came out of the egg, it was just tiny little chick, and it didn't even look anything." like the rooster that it is today or that hen didn't look anything like it is when it came into its full manifestation you got to stay with the thing stay with the desire work that desire you know let me share this last one here so um you know when uh, the lord blessed us with a home and some property we had no idea no idea no idea all i knew was marina and i went away for about four days to fast and pray it was during that time. We weren't even looking for a home, but it was during that time the Lord said, he spoke to me very clearly. He said, I want you to look for a home in the area in which we're living in now. And so he named the area, the town in which we live. He said, I want you to look for a home there. Well, I had my laptop with me. And so during these four days that we were praying, I opened up my laptop, uh, not um, uh, at certain times, and uh, I just started looking. And the Lord highlighted a particular home. Well, we went and drove by it. Well, it, and, 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 and it, we received it. I told my wife, I said, the Lord said to look for a home in this town. And so we did. And she was like, yeah, that's right. And then we saw this home. We went and looked at it. And guess what? When we went and looked at it, 
guess what? Something got stronger. Something got bigger. And, and But that wasn't the end of it. It was just in seed form. And we couldn't see everything because it was in seed form. It hadn't taken on shape yet. It hadn't started to put down roots. It hadn't started to spring up. It hadn't started to put out branches. It hadn't started to bear fruit yet. It was in seed form. But we were passionate about what Father said um, to do. We took, and we took it as our own desire. It became our desire to look for a home in this area. It was our passion now because Father said, look for a home in this town. But it didn't look anything like it looks now. How would we have known? How would we have known what it was going to look like when it began to take on its full stature? We didn't. We wouldn't have. But we had to trust at the beginning. This is Father's desire. This is my desire now because Father put it in me. I'm passionate uh, 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 about staying with this thing and working with this thing because Father is passionate about staying with this thing and working with this thing. Listen, he knows the end. He knows the end. He knows the end. You don't. He saw that rooster all decked out. He saw that hen all just elaborate with the colors and the feathers. You know, he, he could see that. I couldn't see that. But I had to be quick to say, no, that's, that's, that's my desire now because Father said to desire it. And you, you have to stay with it. You have to stay with it. it. And if you'll stay with it, guess what? Your faith, come on, your confidence in him, it becomes a force. And what does it do? It begins to draw the substance and it begins to take on shape. Your faith, you gotta keep, keep, keep working it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Don't go to the arm of the flesh now. Remember what he said? He said, Who's bewitched you? The thing that you could start in the spirit and finish it in the flesh. No, stay in the spirit on it. Stay in the spirit on it. If it's a car, stay in the spirit on it. Stay in the spirit on it. Cast the care of house. Say, Father, you gave me the desire for this vehicle. I I didn't come up with that. You came up with, with that. And maybe some of your friends will be like, who do you think you are? You know, you want that car or whatever. Who do you think you are to think that you, you know, deserve that? You say, wait, 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 wait. I did, that was Father's desire, but I took it as my own. And I'm going to stay with it. Hallelujah. Don't let other people rob you of God's dreams. Don't let other people talk you out of God's desires. Don't let other people, come on. Listen, God wants to give them their own their own desires and maybe maybe the their desires from father are different than yours you've got to stay with yours don't change because somebody over here has something else god wants them to believe for don't lower and don't raise don't compete at all don't compare there is no comparison father knows the thoughts he has towards them he knows the thoughts that he has towards you and if Father says, I want you to believe me for this, well, don't, don't go to your neighbor over here and say, well, what do you think about that? In this sense, I'm, I'm not saying that they can't have a witness, that they can't be counsel, that they can't confirm. They can. They can. I'm just talking about this general random person over here and say, well, what do you think about this? Well, what if, what if they say, oh, man, buying that car, that's a waste of money. Listen, if you ask Judas if you should pour out your bottle of ointment on Jesus's feet. You know what Judas is going to tell you? Don't do that. You know why? Because he's, he's going to sell it and he's going to steal from the money. Hallelujah. Don't ever ask Judas in that sense. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't ever ask Judas if what father has put on your heart to do is going to be sufficient for the moment. Judas don't know. Judas don't know. He don't know. 
Judas don't know. So if God's put a desire for a piece of property in your heart, don't go ask Judas about it. If God's put a desire in your heart for a vehicle, maybe a plane or maybe a new vehicle, maybe you've never had a new vehicle, but Father's desiring to bless you with a new vehicle, then take it. Make it your passion. Now, don't go out and toil for it. Seek God, and he'll show you how to bring it into manifestation because he's obligated himself now to work with you to bring it into manifestation. If God gives you a desire for a new car, don't go exchange it for some rinky-dink uh, piece of trash garbage car because you feel like this is way too much money. Listen, cast all your cares over on to the Lord. Make sure that you're getting, uh, you're in fellowship and relationship with him. Notice what Jesus said in John, you know, what, what was it? 14, 15, 16, that whole passage there is absolutely amazing. He said, if my words abide in you, come on, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask the father. And in that day, he said, you'll ask the father for anything and it will be done for you. Why? He said, if my words abide in you, you'll ask the father for anything and it'll be done. Well, what's he saying? If my words abide in you, you'll ask the Father for it. The Father will do it because he put He put the word in you. He put the word in you. Hallelujah. He put the word in you. Oh, thank you, Father. And then 1 John 5 says, this is the confidence we have. We have If we ask anything according to his will, if we ask anything, and then it says whatever, whatever we ask, it'll be done by our Father. Why? Because he put the desire in there. He already gave you the desire. So here's a pro tip. Ask according to his will. And when you ask, take it by faith. And when you ask the Father, when you say amen, there should be such an expectation that this thing is going to manifest, is going to take on flesh in your life. And soon it will come out of the realm of the unseen and it'll manifest in the realm of the scene. That would be the natural realm, and it manifests here so that you can use it to accomplish the mission and the assignment that God has given to you. Hallelujah. All right, friends, we are out of time today on the podcast, but hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you were encouraged, strengthened, and blessed in some way. Listen, listen to this. Get it down in your spirit. There are things that need to get on the earth, things that concern you that are lacking right now. Don't let that be the case indefinitely. Get them areas where there needs to be something. Get it fulfilled. Father's giving you the, the desire. And then he says, look, if my word abides in you, if my desire abides in you, you'll ask me about it and it'll be granted. Hallelujah. Friends, if we've encouraged you in some way, uh, send us an email. Let us know. We love reading the testimonies and we're just thankful to hear uh, those God stories, those victory moments in your life. We'd love to celebrate with you. If we can join with you and agree with you in prayer on anything, it would be our honor to do so. Several ways to reach out to us. You can call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message, somebody to get right back with you or send it uh, in email form. Hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv. A big shout out to all those people that are partnering with us in prayer. Hallelujah. We believe it's making power available. So I ask you, if you haven't yet, why don't you join us? Pray for us. Pray for the podcast. Pray for our ministry, me and my family. Uh, we just covet those prayers. And then, of course, if you want to take it to the next level, 
uh, and join our other partners that are financially supporting the podcast. There's several ways to do that. Go to, go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Uh, or if you're in the United States, you can text to give. That's 84321, 84321. Follow the prompts or snail mail. You can mail a check to us, P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. Friends, thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, be blessed. <laughs>